Welcome back, Clocks on the Stove, your favorite sports podcast, International. You know, we got a couple international views according to our Spotify. Your usual host, myself, Grayson Fisher, with me. The devious, Mr. Zach Watts, mm. um, going through a little pink eye struggle, so he's got his glasses on. Yeah, I don't ever want to see that again. Yeah. Um, we got episode 99.3. Um, as we stated, 100 will be our first ever in person, but we have not gotten it back yet. So you're going to be rocking with 99 for a little bit, but it's one that is very anticipated that a lot of people have been waiting for, including ourselves. We got NFL football back. Bum, 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 bum. Dun, dun. If you've been following us long enough, this is our second year of doing these podcasts. We do not touch the Thursday night or Monday night games as we are going to break them down and preview them on our TikTok and our other social media accounts. Check us out on at Clocks on the Stove for pretty much everything. I think the only one that's different is Twitter, which is COTS pod. But who the fuck gives a shit about Twitter anyways? But let's dive in. Mr. Zach Watts, our first game we have this Sunday, uh, September 10th. One o'clock on CBS, the Houston Texans are going to the Baltimore Ravens. Our spread is set at Baltimore minus 10. Zach, how about you start us off today, man? Yep, you know, um, I kind of feel like this isn't going to be like a barn burner or anything like that. We kind of already know the result once it's started. The Ravens are going to start their season off in their early week one dub. There are going to be some interesting pieces to look at at this Texans team, though. Some newly acquired acquisitions. Um, when I kind of look at them, you think about the quarterback and C.J. Stroud. They drafted him this year, already earned the starting role, which I personally like to see giving your rookies an early chance to start their career. I know there is some proven success with starting guys under more veteran quarterbacks in order to let them develop. But when your veteran leadership is Davis Mills, you might as well just roll with who you believe is your franchise maker. So I do like that. Damian Pierce is entering year two for the Texans. Wanting uh, one of the leading fantasy running backs after last season, I think a lot of his production came off just the sheer volume that he was able to produce. So that got him his numbers. I do think he'll be a prevalent part of this offense. Some of the wide receiver group that Houston has is a bit lacking. I know, I believe his name is Nico Collins. Um, Did they get Tank Dell, too? What did you say his name was? Didn't they also get Tank Dell, the wide receiver from Houston, the Cougars? Yeah, I believe so. Um, Nico Collins was kind of raising some headlines saying um, he was going to make some noise, so he'll be interesting to watch as well. I think one of their best acquisitions and a real sleeper this year was Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys. I think he's a very good security blanket for – CJ Stroud, you know, he'll be very prevalent in the passing game and can also block really well as as well. Um, you know, but with all these additions and this like kind of revamped Houston Texans squad, you know, it is it is a rebuild. You're not necessarily like stepping into the next phase yet. You're still trying to garnish all the pieces um, or gather, excuse me, all the pieces in order to build a playoff level football team. But you're just not there yet. This is more so of just. Feel out what you have, see if your draft picks are really working, and then reassess. So with that being said, I think this Ravens squad is just going to take it to him. You know, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. I don't see any sort of decline from him at all. I still think he is a top-level quarterback in the league, just hasn't, I guess, produced the results in the playoffs yet that I would like to have seen. Um, J.K. Dobbins establishes, like, the full-time RB1, so that'll be interesting to see. And we know what we're getting out of this defense. It's going to be hard-nosed football. They're going to play – as they should, um, I see the Ravens winning this one. 
Uh, real quick, this is a very bad journalism question on my end, but who's the Texans' new coach? Um, let me do a little Google search here. Yeah, um, while, you, while you do that, um, some things I want to keep an eye on. One, Tank Dell for the Houston Texans, if you guys don't know him. He was a wide receiver for the Houston Cougars last year. And when they knew they were going to get C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud said to whoever Zach's about to pull up. D'Amico Who? D'Amico Ryans. He was actually a former – played at the University of Alabama. He was named a unanimous All-American He's 39 years old, so he's really young for a coach. Um, he actually played for the Eagles and the Texans uh, in the NFL. So going back to his what former about team. a coach? Where did he come from? Because he obviously isn't like a first-time coach. Um, let me look at his former coaching resume. Yeah, back to what I was saying real quick. Uh, Tank Dell, he played at the University of Houston under Dana Holgerson. I'm a big Dana Holgerson fan. Um, when they drafted C.J. Stroud, he spoke to this coach Zach just named, and he stated, uh, we need to keep Dell in Houston. And that's what they did. They got him right away. I think he's he's awesome. It's going to be cool to see that, you know, rookie-to-rookie rookie, uh, relationship. You usually tend to see that bond become very strong when it's two guys in the same draft class. Um, the other thing is, does C.J. Stroud break the Ohio State curse? We've yet to see, at least in our generation, Zach, an Ohio State quarterback thrive in college and then be successful in the NFL. Yes. You can do the argument of Justin Fields, but Justin Fields' level of accomplishments in the NFL is nowhere near what he did in college so far. So far, I'm just saying it, it. there is a trend that Ohio State guys don't do as good in the NFL. Also, what I'm going to give them a little bit of credit to as much as I hate Ohio State, they tend to get drafted high, which tends to lead for them to get on shitty teams, which is hard to do well. I understand these things. But overall, they tend to not do well. Will C.J. Stroud be the one to break that? The other thing to keep an eye on, Odell is going to be debuting for the Ravens for the first time. It's going to be interesting to see how his bond gets with uh, Lamar Jackson. As we said on the last pod, Odell ain't running no go routes. He's going to be running little outs, slants, and maybe a post, but he's too old to do the big work, which is why um, I think he's going to be really clutch on third down for them in specific. The other thing is I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. He's from Florida. He's a Broward boy. Um, I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. I always want the best for him. But you got to think there's a little bit of pressure on him as he just, you know, did this whole offseason of like, I don't want to say bitching, but I want to say like being stubborn with his contract and he finally gets it. It's like, does he show them why he was worth that money now? Or is it more of like, yeah, I got it. I can chill out. I don't think he's going to do that. I'm just stating these are things to keep your eye on. I also think the Ravens go out there and and, and handle it, especially at home though. Yeah, uh, back to D'Amico Ryan's kind of coaching tree or resume, I should say. After he retired, he took over as the San Francisco 49ers quality control quote coach in 2017. Um, and then there's kind of like a little break off there. I don't know what he did after that one year, but then he got signed as the 49ers defensive coordinator from 2021 to 2023 um, after Robert Salah left to take the head coaching job for the New York Jets. And then I guess he did a good enough job there in San Francisco, and now he's signed to the Houston Texans. My only really concerns with this is, you know, when you play on such a high-caliber team like the 49ers and you're under Kyle Shanahan, obviously the presumption there is that you are taking what you've learned from him and are going to try to reincorporate that into this new team. The Nick Saban disease. Yeah, the Nick Saban disease or the Bill Belichick disease, as they would say. The only problem is, you know, 
can you really produce those same results when you don't have the same quality of roster? Can you build a roster from scratch? You also don't have the same quality of, of sub-tier coaches under you, too. Yes, this is also true. Um, you know, I don't really have any sort of expectations except for the Texans. I do hope C.J. Stroud um, can at least get the protection from his O-line to keep him healthy through his early years. I know one of the biggest concerns I always have, for example, Joe Burrow gets signed to the Bengals, um, was a great pick, but a lot of the concerns were that O-line is going to get him killed. And he did have a terrible knee injury, but he's also, he bounced back just fine, but not everyone's Joe Burrow and it won't be as lucky for everyone. So I do hope they can at least keep him healthy, healthy throughout the season and not try to push things, you know, if, unless you're making an obvious playoff push, if the kid needs some rest, give him some rest. Just do what needs to be done to keep your young guys healthy, make the push. Another thing I want to shout out real quick before we move on is the new number one wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. I know in years past, they've had a really difficult time in bringing in some strong wide receiver weapons. I know they did sign Odell, but he's not really the number one guy anymore. But they did sign Zay Flowers. And Zay Flowers... I forgot about that. Zay Flowers is going to make a lot of noise for the Ravens if he can link up, kind of step into that Hollywood Brown role for Lamar Jackson. And I do think it'll alleviate some of the pressure from Odell and Mark Andrews, who Mark Andrews has been the consistent um, number one target for Lamar over the years. But I think as he ages as a tight end, your body gets kind of beat down. He needs to alleviate some of that pressure from the defense. So I do expect some noise from Zay Flowers uh, in this week one. But other than that, I think, think that about wraps it up for our first game yeah our next game was also at one o'clock on cbs <clears throat> we got the cincinnati Bengals going to the cleveland browns cincinnati's coming in at a minus two um is joe joe burrow's good he's playing right you got thumbs up on that or is it still uh he's good yeah, yeah he's good no, um no. i i think you know the story is they lost you're gonna have to help me out here but they lost to one of their offensive tackles this year uh who was it um the Bengals has lost a key key offensive lineman, and already we don't know what's going on with their offensive line. On the other end of things, with the Browns, um, I'm not completely sold on Deshaun Watson, dude. I I really am not, and and you call me a hater. It's nothing to do with with the off the field issues. It has to do with him on the field. I think that he had he had a good run in Houston, and then he took this time off, and then he came back, and I don't know, dude. I think they threw the bag at him too fast. Do I think he can he can overcome that and show that he is good absolutely i think though that we we get caught in this trend of potential over reality and sometimes we ride the potential of somebody more than what they've actually done for us um and i don't think deshaun watson has done it yet for me i think it's gonna it's obviously gonna be a close game it's a rivalry game um going to be fun i just don't see what the browns are going to do to shut down that joe burrow jamar chase now if they can get their d line all over him it's good but it, it, joe burrows it doesn't really matter bro he can get rid of the ball so fast and he has such a good chemistry with jamar chase that it's like it doesn't even matter what route they're running he knows where he's going to be um also i think the Bengals receiving core itself is extremely underrated you have jamar chase that gets the most of the attention t higgins and you got tyler boyd you know it's kind of like they're, they're really hard to defensively match up against. Um, overall, though, I'm a big Nick Chubb fan. I like the Browns. I had Nick Chubb on my fantasy team last year, and he carried me heavy. I do think with Deshaun Watson coming back, Nick Chubb might not get as much of volume due to the fact that they want to use their franchise quarterback. I think the Bengals take it in the opening game. Oh, the spread is minus two Cincinnati, by the way. Yeah. 
Um, I like what you said about the Bengals wide receiver room kind of carrying the workload in that regard. But don't forget about Joe Mixon in the backfield. I do think he is always going to be a top level talent for them consistently produces results and he's a great receiving threat as well, which just gives Joe Burrow another weapon to add to his plentiful arsenal. Looking over on the Brown side of things, you know, you still in this kind of like Deshaun, where is he at in his career type of era? We know his success when he was with the Houston Texans. We know the caliber of quarterback he can be, but with such significant time removed and the lack of results he produced after coming back late in the last year, you really don't know how well he's going to perform. Um, and the problem is for the Browns, you know, they're good enough to where they're going to win games regardless. You're not in a position to fall in the draft and really take a top level quarterback talent. So you're kind of stuck in limbo uh, right now. I do think, though, Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback. I still think that he has all the tools he needs. He's not deteriorating in any way other than maybe his dick in terms of the massage rubdown. Um, but regardless, that doesn't affect how you throw the ball, contrary to popular belief. Dick Torque doesn't help. Browns, though, you know, you do have Nick Chubb. You've got David Njoku. I could, I probably couldn't name you their wide receiver depth chart, but while I looked that up. Yeah, they you, lost Amari uh, Cooper. Did they lose Amari Cooper? The, to the to the Cowboys. He went back to the Cowboys? Nah, he's still on. He's still on Cleveland. Am I tripping? Did I do yeah. that? Did I do that backwards? Yeah, you have that backwards. Um, But while we search that up, just to bring it back up, you talked about the Bengals signing some key offensive line pieces. You know, they signed Troy Brown Jr. Yeah, backwards, I'm sorry. Yeah, they signed Tro Troy Brown Jr. in the offseason to play left tackle. And actually, the Bengals signed Jonah Williams from the Chiefs to a $31 million guarantee to play the same position in Cincinnati. So, um, uh, so their 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 three receivers are Mari Cooper, Elijah Moore, and Donovan Peoples Jones. You also got David Bell on the mix, Cedric Tillman, and Marquise Goodwin, but he's questionable. Yeah, who is the number two receiver? You said Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. He's the Purdue boy. Uh, I don't know. That's David Bell's the Purdue boy. I don't know where Elijah Moore's from. I'm Elijah Moore's the Ole Miss kid, but he's not. Who's the more? Who's the more that came out of Purdue that was so good? I think he plays on the Ron, card. Ron Dale. Yeah, Ron. Sorry, excuse me. Um, but yeah, Purdue Ron. is like the weird team where they go like six and six, but they get one huge win and they have like one superstar on their team every year. Yeah, that's the kind of people uh they carry. But you talked about the Bengals training way a player. Uh, their left tackle Jonah Williams or right tackle, excuse me, Jonah Williams. Um. Originally was a left tackle. They signed Troy Brown Jr., so he requested a trade. The Bengals declined his trade request, and we're like, here's $31 million guaranteed a year. How about you just play right tackle now? And he was like, okay. He's like, yeah, we can do this. He's like, I, I will gladly. Right tackle easier, too, because you're not worried about the blind side? Yeah, you. I mean, easier as in, like, it's still hard as shit, but it's less pressure. The problem is, though, I believe the right tackle takes on the more dominant defensive ends. The Miles Garretts, yeah. TJ Watts, they typically play on the right side um, only because you want your stronger guy. You don't really need him coming off the blind side because he doesn't need any added help. And he helps in the run game as well because he's just such a force. And um, your, I feel like you'd want your dominant side on the inside, too. Yeah. Um, also, when you're that good, you're probably just dominant in everything you do. So it really don't matter. Um, regardless, though, huge signing for the Bengals in order to bring him back, you know, keep bolstering up the offensive line. I guess offense wins championships in this era. The defense is just out to dry. Who knows? 
Regardless, though, I do see the Bengals taking this week one win. However, don't be surprised if Nick Chubb makes noise early. He's usually very, very, very good the first eight weeks. Mm-hmm. He is just fresh legs, dominant. I don't know if they still have Cream Hunt where they can kind of balance that one-two back again, but he's still going to make noise in that offense regardless. And if Deshaun Watson is slinging it like the Deshaun Watson of old, then you do know that is going to alleviate the eight-man in the box. They're going to have to run some too-high shell in order to try to prevent the passing game in that regard. But – this is Kareem Hunt is a free agent. Oh, how the no, 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 the Saints. He's on the Saints. Okay. Well, regardless, looks like there will no be running back by committee this year. It is strictly the Nick Chubathon. Damn, that's gonna be scary. Yeah, the Chubathon lives on. Our but next it, game. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say moving on to our next game. Feel yeah, our next go. game is another 1 p.m. game on CBS. How is that even possible? We have two CBS games at one. That's kind of it. It's all about where your blacked out games are. Oh, so yeah, you... yeah, yeah. Well, I walked Red Zone, so it's all good. Um, shout out to Streamies. Jokes, jokes, jokes. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Minnesota, the Thunder, the Thunder capital of the world, um, or America at least. 1 p.m. Uh, Minnesota coming in at minus 5.5. Look, as much as I want the Bucks to do well, they're not. Um, it's gonna it's really hard to have Tom Brady and then follow in those shoes. I do think Baker Mayfield gets a little too much shit though, from what I've been seeing, especially you know, living in Tampa and the, everything's about the Bucks. He has he brings a very good vet vet presence to the team, which is good because we have some young guys. Um, and you lost a huge vet role in your um in your Tom Brady. So I think that's helpful. Um, also I, I want to state something too, Zach, that I think we talked about a little bit before, but I want to bring up again. I hate how I see on Twitter. It's like Baker Mayfield threw five picks in practice. He's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Bro. It's fucking practice. I get my ass beat in practice all the time. Tom Brady throws picks in practice. It's practice. If you're going to judge someone and be like, they're terrible because of that. No, that's, that's such a horrible way to, to judge people. Aaron Rodgers threw like six interceptions the same day. You're throwing routes you don't usually throw. You're trying to get guys different looks. Like, it's practice. You're literally practicing new things. That is what practice is. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I do think, I don't think Allen Iverson um, – actually, I think I, I think Allen Iverson – I think Allen Iverson would support you in, in this statement. Um, uh, I'm going to just keep it honest. I don't really got too many things to say. It's a 1 p.m. game for Kirk Cousins. He's going to win. Like, yeah. this is – that's just how that's how that math adds up. It's in Minnesota. It's one o'clock, and Kirk Cousins is playing. He's going to win. Um, I don't care if you brought back the Bears dynasty and you played them at one o'clock. Kirk Cousins is going to win. Um, I like also what you said that a lot of people are starting to not shit on Kirk because of the quarterback thing. I wonder if that was like the NFL's way to be like, hey man, this guy's getting a lot of shit. Um, you already know Justin Jettas Jefferson's going to begin fed. One thing to keep your eye out on though. Does this offense have a little bit of a different feel with Dalvin not being there anymore? Um, overall, though, I think the Vikings win it. Um, I don't think it's going to be like a fun game or anything crazy is going to happen. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of upset Buck fans. And I think you're also going to see that there's a lot of issues that Tom Brady took on the chin and took himself, when in reality it was the coaching staff, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, when I look at this game, 
you know, you talk about losing Dalvin Cook's kind of presence in the backfield, but I do think that um, Alexander Madison is a good replacement for him. You know, we had our one pod where we discussed all the Super Bowl winning teams and the kind of contracts that their running backs were on during the time. So having a really like dominant running back on your team doesn't really give you much chance in the playoffs or so history has told us. I do think with all the weapons that Minnesota has added in the wide receiver room, I think you could probably plug over half the running backs into there and they'd probably have somewhat success. I just don't think they're going to be very reliant on the run game. You talk about drafting Jordan Addison from USC, who is a monster of a weapon who is going to draw some attention and take away from Justin Jefferson. And when you don't have those two, guess what? TJ Hawkinson is just as good as a receiver coming out of the tight end position. And I do think he made a very strong impression when they signed him late into last season from the Detroit lions. Look, I don't really know much about their defense if they bolstered up in anything in that regard. So, you know, you know, you know what you're getting there. It's more so, do you think this offense is going to carry the workload? But the problem is that division has really taken a step up in the quality other than the Packers. So they're going to be in for a tough, tough slate of competition going into the year, considering their division. When I look at the Buccaneers, you know, look, don't want to beat a dead horse, but when you lose the GOAT, there's no way you get better. It's just not possible. But I think one of the biggest issues the Bucks face, and you kind of saw it last year, was when you forced Bruce Arians out, your play calling took a huge blow in like hitting defenses where you need to. You know, there just really wasn't any over-the-top plays for the Bucks last year. It felt I'm sorry, it was extremely predictable, I would say. Yeah. Predictable also just it felt like more wear and tear on defenses and not kind of blow them out, like just spread the field, blow it out, and just get points anytime you can. It felt just it felt like they were struggling to put points on the board. And you know, Tom Brady's gonna put points on the board regardless. So it really doesn't matter there. Look, your defense is one of your strong points. It always has been. You have guys like Antoine Winfield, Levante David, Devin, uh, Devin White. You look at that defensive line with Vita Vea. Um I'm trying to think of some other guys on their line. I don't know if Shaq Barrett's still there. Maybe. Don't know. Um, but your your cornerbacks aren't necessarily your strong suit. I think when you're leading cornerback is Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis third. That's the linebacker not, crew is solid, though. Yeah. Your front seven is going to win you games. Problem is, this is a team that feasts on your back, your DBs. Yeah. Like that's what the Vikings do. And you're not really the strongest in that position. So it's going to be – a war in the trenches. Can you put pressure on Kirk Cousins? Can you somehow alleviate his 1 p.m.ness? Um, I don't think so. He just got out of church. You're fucked. Or as Kirk would say, gosh darn it, because he doesn't curse. You like that? You like that? You like that. I like that. We like that. Give me the Vikings. It's a 1 p.m. game. But I don't think Baker will be as bad as everyone thinks. That'll be my last piece on that. I agree. As long as he just feeds Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, like can't go that that poorly fall. and and we didn't even bring up that the bucks did sign sean tucker who i will be pleased Very wherever good. he is on the field if he's on the bench i will be pleased if he's the water boy i will be pleased and if he gets some snaps i will definitely be pleased with his performance very, very pleased that the bucks getting sean he's, tucker. A ple- he's a pleasurable guy pause did not mean it like that but you know what i mean hey yo yo but our next game another one o'clock game these are like literally so many one o'clock games we have the Titans going to the Saints. This game is New Orleans minus three. This is a really like, how do I state this? I think it's interesting because these teams are somewhat kind of similar. They both yeah. added like a bunch of like new pieces to their puzzle. Um, 
you know, let's talk about the Saints. You got a guy that's not Drew Brees, but he's also a vet in Derek Carr. And I better than James. I know there's a lot of Derek Carr hate, but I'm honestly a very pro Derek Carr guy. I think he's gotten the shittiest luck of any NFL quarterback ever. I mean, he's had like what three different coaches, four different OCs. Um, he had his best receiver go to prison in Henry Ruggs. It's just like he cannot catch a fucking break. Um, and now he's with the Saints. He's kind of iffy. But on the Titans on the other end, you know, you got you got you're rocking with Tannehill. Who did the Titans just get that was a big signing? Oh, D Hop. They they added DeAndre Hopkins. You still got uh you, you still got your guy and and Derrick Henry. The thing I want to state and I want people to, to notice, Zach, is the Saints defense. They're good. They're always good. They've always been solid. But what stands out the most of them is they don't face a top 10 quarterback the whole regular season. I got them in both my fantasy leagues. Mm, great for fantasy, not so good for testing your playoff composure, I Agreed. would say. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but it will be interesting to see how Derek Carr does with this offense. Overall, I do think the Titans go in there and win it. I think they just have more ways to win, in my opinion. If I had to like write down all the ways for a team to win this game, I think the Titans have more options and more um, outcomes in which they are favored to score more points. So I think the Titans win this game. I do think it is going to be a fun game, though. I think it actually has the potential to be a very interesting game. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara. Uh, does Michael Thomas come back well, or does he just – you know, it's just like he's never nothing even. He's not even there. Yeah. Um, I got Olave on one of my teams, though, so I'd like to see them air it out to him a little bit. It is nice having Carr, though, because he's got a very good arm and he's got a good uh, – he's good at seeing the vision, the field vision downfield. So it'll, I think he'll spread the ball a little bit more than Jamison, uh, whoever else they had back there. Yeah. Um, speaking on the Saints, you know, you are missing Alvin Kamara. He is serving a suspension, so he'll be out. But I do like their offensive weapons. You know, you talk about Chris Olave and – Mike uh, Michael Thomas returning with Derek Carr, you know, you're giving him a plethora of weapons to work with. So I do think that'll work out for you in the best ways possible. We talked about their solid stature on defense. You still have Marshawn Lattimore. You still have Cameron Jordan. You have a ton of weapons on the defensive side of the ball that will be able to keep you in games. My only issue with these saints is, are they really that team moving on from Sean Payton? I know Sean Payton is now with the Denver Broncos. So good for the Broncos, but as for the saints, you know, Dennis Allen, I don't really know what to expect out of this guy. I really don't think he was able to prove that much. You know, at least with Sean Payton, Sean, ba Sean Payton was able to beat the Bucs every year, even when they weren't good. They were like, we'll at least take two games from the Bucs, even when they're a Super Bowl winning team. We don't care. That's just how we'll play. But with this guy, you don't really know how you're going to – you don't know what you're going to get. You really don't know. I don't know how he's going to mess with their car. I don't know how they're going to come out the gate. I just don't know what to expect. But I, something in me tells me that the Saints can still win this game for some reason. Like something just tells me that they are going to get a week one dub. However, I do respect the Titans and what they have. Signing D-Hop was a huge plus in their regard. My only problem is their quarterback room isn't that great. But that doesn't really matter when you still have King Henry in your backfield who hasn't really shown any signs of slowing down as of late. If only the man didn't have cinder blocks for hands, he may put up 40 points a game in fantasy. Didn't but the, uh, the Titans also get Will Levis. They have Will Levis. They have Malik Willis, 
Um, yeah, yeah. That's so have, Why would you go back to back quarterbacks? Because they tr- they tested Willis and he he sucked. Like let's just be honest. Yeah, I could have told you that he didn't do nothing at Kentucky either. He had negative rushing yards. No, not not Will Love it. Malik Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Yeah, Malik Willis. Um, just didn't do much last year. But well, I'm still fuck Will Levis though. Yeah, regardless, dude eats. Dude puts mayo in his coffee. That should have been the biggest red flag. You could get a zero on your Wonderlic test, and I'd be like, all right, little worrisome. But I see you put mayo in your coffee when you sit down for our interview. I'm gonna say, okay, how many times did his dad beat his mom? Just kidding. That all right? <laughs> probably shouldn't go there. Regardless, <laughs> regardless. Um, moving forward. I still think the uh, Saints are somehow going to find a way to win this game. <laughs> Mayo and the coffee, domestic abuse, hand in hand, hand in hand. Regardless, we're going to get canceled. Uh, can't be, can't cancel the uncancelable. Yeah, facts. Shout out Brady Jones. Yeah, shout out Brady Jones. Shout out Pink Eye. It, it is what it is. Regardless, I do think the Saints are going to find some way to win this game one way or another. I think Derek Carr is going to make a splash for the Saints. Moving off from Jameis Winston. Although I do love some Jameis. Um, I wish him nothing but the success. Oh, this, is, this is a dub. We yeah. eat that. We yeah. eat that. Yeah. By the way, by the way, quick, quick little insertion right here. Jameis Winston never stole crab legs. No, he did not. Definitely did not steal them. He de- he was definitely gifted to him for a long time. Somebody saw him that wasn't supposed to see him and snitched. And snitched. Yeah. By the way, shout out the same guy that stood up in the middle of the student union and said, fuck around the pussy, and then got suspended for a game, still tried to suit up thinking no one would notice, and then his head coach had to be like, buddy, what are you doing? Jimbo was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just playing. He goes, you're suspended. He goes, no, they forgot. And he's like, I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, he's like, do you want us to play in the national championship? And he's like, all right, all right. All right, I guess I'll sit. Fucking game. It's our next game, another 1 o'clock game because – this is nothing like college football. Uh, a game, I'm going to be honest, I could give two shits about. We have the Carolina Panthers going to Atlanta to play the Falcons. This game also 1 o'clock on Fox this time. Atlanta coming in at a minus 3.5. I'm going to keep it short sweet because I don't got a lot of things to say. I think Bryce Young shows that he's actually very legit and that the issue of his height does not play a factor. I think uh, another thing to keep an eye on is Desmond Ritter with the Falcons. Last year, we kind of gave him the, you know, it's all right. You're a rookie kind of year. This is year two. You don't get that treatment anymore. Does he step up? I'm a big Desmond Ritter fan. I'm a big Cincinnati fan. I, I, more, I was more of a Luke Fickle fan. Um, I think Desmond Ritter can do it. Will he do it? And can he? Or two completely different things. Also, Bajon Robinson. Everyone is just riding this guy's meat, bro. I'm really? like, fantasy-wise, I don't – do I think the kid has potential? Absolutely. But it's not like he had – I don't even think he had that historic of a career at Texas. He had a very good career. Reggie was kind of like, wasn't even sucked off this hard when he exactly. came. Exactly. And like Saquon wasn't even sucked off this hard going into the NFL. And people are trying to make – people were legitimately arguing and stating that you should take him first overall in your fantasy draft. And he's never even played a fucking snap. Do I hate Bajon Robinson? No. Do I think Bajon Robinson's bad? No. Is this even in Bajon Robinson's power? No. But I think it's really hard to throw that much pressure on a guy that's a rookie and never played before and then, you know, be like, now you got to do it. Um, He's also prone to injury. He's already been injured in Texas. This is a lot of questionable things to me. I won't hype on the train. Like I said, I don't buy into potential. I buy into reality. I buy into results. Once I see the results, I'll buy into the John Robinson hype train. 
but it's just way too overhyped too soon for me. Um, there was one other thing I was going to state, and I can't remember. Oh, yeah, cool fun fact on Bajan. This is I just, like, bashed him. Somebody named their kid after him, and then he actually, like, went and, like, saw the kid, which is pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I think – I'm not even going to take a winner in this game. I don't really care anything about this game at all, to be honest. Yeah, look, for my Bajan Robinson kind of take on things, look, I understand the Atlanta Falcons had one of the best offensive line rushing groups like rushing wise they had one of the better offensive lines in the league i get that i get that you signed a high quality back that has all the tools needed to succeed however you have your instances where you may have a trent richardson where he just turns into a brain dead running back for some unknown reason another reason why i can't really love Bajan as much as i want to is, is it's a lot like getting sexually harassed except this time it's by the media. You know, if a guy tries to put his dick in your mouth, you're not going to let that happen. You're going to punch him in the face. Right now, the media is trying to put Bajon Robinson down my throat, and I I, I don't want that. So I'm going to have to stick Bajon Robinson in the face. That's just kind of how I'm feeling. That's just how, how it has to roll. So, look, do I think he's going to have success? Yes. Do I think he's going to be the number one running back in the league his rookie year? No. No. And, I, I look, if I'm wrong about that, sure. I'd rather be wrong, but I'd way rather be wrong about it than to go ahead and just assume that this guy, compared to all the other great running backs in the league, is just somehow going to be better. By the he way, he wasn't even the number one running back in college last year. Yeah. By the way, what did what did the Falcons finish last year? What, what was the Falcons' record last year? Let, let's do a little let's do a little research. Twelve, I believe. Yeah. So, um, look, I know they signed a bunch of players. I know they have AJ Terrell on the defense. I know that Desmond Ritter's in year two. I know that they have Calvin Ridley or no, they don't have Calvin Ridley. I know that they have Drake London. I know that they have Kyle Pitts. I know that they have all these quote unquote tools, but when the Falcons went a combined, I think four games drum roll, please. Seven and 10. Ooh, 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 guess what? Guess what? Stop. Guess what? There's this cool little thing in football that when you're losing the game, when you're losing the game, you do not run the football. You can't be down by like 10 or 20 points and be like, oh my God, we're just going to run the ball. Guess what? Oh, you know, you know, you can ask about that. The Colts, because I had Jonathan Taylor last year and they started every game down 21-0. So we got like five fucking touches. Yeah. And you can throw the ball to him as much as you want. That's not going to guarantee he's going to break off a 60-yard screen yeah. every game. It's just not not reliable. It's not reliable. I'm sorry. Now, look, do they play in somewhat of a weaker division this year, given the Panthers and the Bucks and the Saints? Sure. But are the Bucks and the Saints not one of the best running back defenses in the entire NFL year in and year out? What, what am I missing? Here? What, what am I missing? Now, given I don't know their full slate or schedule, but I'm not suddenly just going to take this team and view them and their running back as suddenly this top contender in the playoffs. That just That's not how that works. And if you're going to sit here and say, oh, well, we're not saying they're a playoff contending team, well, then how are they going to be in enough games to give Bajon Robinson the touches he needs to put him in the position as the RB1? Your math isn't mathing, Mr. Matheson. So with that being said, you know I am going to take the Falcons week one. I'm not that much of a hater. But let's let's slow our roll here, you know? The bread hasn't been to be slowed. Yeah. So what? You needed your dough. It ain't Texas Roadhouse rolls, though. You just needed some dough. That's all you did. Bread bread ain't even in the oven yet. We, we ain't even started cooking. Oven's still preheating, technically. 
until Sunday 1 p.m. Technically, you just bought the oven. Yeah, technically, technically, you're just getting it set up. You're, you're just getting it set up. You got three days, yeah. buddy. You, you, so you're we're still putting the screws in. Yeah, your Italian baker out there hasn't even gotten his bread shipment. You don't even you don't even know what you're getting. You ain't got your you ain't got your moots. You got your you got your mozzarella. You ain't got your tomatoes. You ain't got your prosciutto. You got none of that. Let's go to the next game. Another game I don't really care too much about. We have the Jags going to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Another one o'clock game on Fox. Jacksonville minus five. If I'm not mistaken, this was the game last year where Jacksonville beat them by like 50 points, right? Wait, you said the Jags and the Colts? Yeah, I think this is the game last year where the Jags beat them by like 50. Like they literally oh, put up 50 I mean, points on them. They play each other twice every year, so maybe. Go check on that real quick just to make sure. But I want to say so. Jags get Calvin Ridley. They already had a pretty solid offense. Trevor Lawrence is starting to blossom into a very good quarterback. Dougie P, big fan. Indianapolis Colts are on the opposite side of things. They're kind of in like, oh, shit, almost freak out mode, I would say. Don't really have a quarterback cement. Yes, you have Anthony Richardson. He won six games in college. Congratulations. Um, Jonathan Taylor, he's there, but he's not playing. You know, it's just – I don't see anything good happening for the Colts. I don't. They're they won, defense. They won twenty four nothing. You are thinking of the game where um, they molly walked the Chargers like thirty eight ten. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, oh, they also beat no, no. Yeah, that wasn't it. Yeah, never mind. Anyway, never mind. Um, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. I think the Colts are nothing promising that intrigues me. You don't even have Jonathan Taylor for the first four weeks. I'm a very big Anthony Richardson. Hater, you also have like no fucking offensive weapons. One of your best weapons, Michael Pittman. No, no disrespect to Michael Pittman. I just don't think he's a top five receiver in the NFL. I know he's not a top five receiver in the NFL. He might not even be top 10. The Jags are starting to blossom together. They did like a mini rebuild kind of. And then like they brought Dougie Peter, Dougie P in. They got Trevor Lawrence. Now they got Calvin Ridley. You know, they're looking legit. I'm big on the Duval boys. I think the Jags are going to go in there and just. This is a game where last year it was kind of like, all right, you know, both these teams are solid. What's going to happen now? It's going to be a game where it's like the Jags are going to go in there and show why why they they're going to be in the playoffs again this year. That's I don't really have much more to say on that game to be honest. Yeah, you know, looking at the Colts, I did kind of question the Anthony Anthony Richardson pick. Look, I have no issues whatsoever with the dude's character. He's an upstanding individual. He's always doing the right things in the eyes of the media, and that's a great thing to have in a quarterback. The problem is, I don't care how often you help old ladies across the street. If you're not winning me games in the NFL, you know, if character really mattered, Deshaun Watson probably wouldn't be a starting quarterback. And we probably wouldn't also have Alvin Kamara in the league either. Or but apparently, I mean, dude, we don't even let you bet on games, but we'll let you beat your wife. So yeah, yeah, um, it is what it is. Regardless of that, a lot of the concerns we have for AR-15 this season is, is he going to prevent the dumb plays? Like if he sees plays make down, the lack of hesitation, the footwork. There's a lot of questions. He's not a refined product. So look, do I think the project is worth it? If it goes in your favor, 100%. Dude has unbelievable talent. The physicals. His potential is uh, unbelievable. Yeah, his potential is unbelievable. It's just putting the right tools around him to succeed. So I just don't know how that's going to play out. And typically, I'm not going to take the unfinished product 
missing their arguably best weapon in Jonathan Taylor compared to a team like the Jaguars who were a touchdown away from beating the Chiefs and making it to the AFC Championship game. You also look at the Jaguars, their defense, solid. Their offense, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, uh, Travis Etienne. They got Tank Bigsby, hardest name in the league, T-Law. They have everything you need to make Dougie P, bro. Dougie P. Dougie P. Minus Fat Cock Nick Foles. Yes. But regardless, you did everything you needed to do to improve from last season in order to address what you did wrong in the AFC championship game or AFC divisional game, excuse me. But regardless, they're going to put the business on them. I hope Calvin really goes stupid. That's what I'm hoping. You know, every video I've seen of this guy is insane. I know Evan Ingram's their tight end, but he he's hit or miss. But, you know, just he he can catch the ball at least. That's all you need. Sometimes. Sometimes. is going to hit you, though. I promise you that. So I am going to take the Jaguars in this game um, pretty fairly. But, hey, if Anthony Richardson rushes for like 200 yards and the Colts win – Sure, I'll die on that shield. I'll say I was wrong. Yeah, dude, but you can't get away with running like you can in college, bro. Yeah, no. Who's done it? Even Lamar Jackson, like he gets a, he runs a lot, but he doesn't run as much as he did in college. Yeah, because in college you can get hit by a nineteen-year-old cornerback. In the NFL, these are grown fucking men, and they are getting paid millions of dollars to hurt you. A lot of money, a lot of money. But yeah, that's all I got to say on that. Our next game is kind of an interesting but not interesting game. Another 1 o'clock game on Fox. San Francisco 49ers are going to play Pittsburgh across the country to play the Steelers. San Francisco is a minus 2.5 favorite. Zach, I'm going to let you start us off with this one. Yeah, so first things first, I want to talk about the 49ers, the visiting team. When I look at them, look, you didn't really lose any major pieces from last season. Your issues aren't really until the end of the year because you've got so many big name contracts and you did just sign Nick Bosa. You have no money to really retain any of these guys in the future. Your calorie sap is going to take a hit. Unfortunately, that problem isn't a now problem. It's a problem for later. So with that being said, first, let's look at their offense. You do have Christian McCaffrey back up, Elijah Mitchell. Still got Debo Samuel. Brock Purdy is your QB1. You feel safe rocking with that guy. And hey, who doesn't like Mr. Irrelevant when he's starting to become relevant? That's how it is. The defensive side of the ball, you have arguably one of the best linebackers in all of football with Fred Warner. You have the unbelievable safety in his year two. I forget his name, but he has dread or not dreads, but he has that long Troy Palomalu. Unga Bunga is what I call him just because that's literally just how he plays. It's just very caveman-like, but he's a genius. His IQ is insane. And when you have Nick Bosa on the line, it just wreaks havoc all over the field. When you have all this talent put together on one team with a mind like Kyle, oh, uh, Hufunga, yeah, Hufunga, a lot of Hufunga, yeah, Ungabunga is a Ungabunga problem. Uh, regardless, when you look at the, this 49ers team, they are stacked. They are making the defense is loaded. Drake mm-hmm. Jackson, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Colin Farrell, Oren Burks, Fred Warner, Drew, Drew, Dre Greenlaw, Chavaris Ward, Desmondor, Lenore. Is Isaiah Oliver, Deshaun Gibson Sr., and Talana Hufunga. It's a loaded defense, bro. And like you said, their offense, too. I mean, I'm going to let you finish your part, but like, they're fucking stacked. 
yeah, I'll leave you some of the glazing, but you know what you're getting out of the 49ers. They're making a look another push for the Super Bowl this year, and I have no doubts that they will at least make it deep into the playoffs. As for the Steelers, look, and no disrespect to the Steelers whatsoever, Mike Tomlin is an amazing coach. He is always going to get them a 10-win season. He just finds ways to win games with his guys. He's a great head coach. The only problem is when you're facing a team like this in week one, it's kind of hard to pull out some wins. Look, I'm not a Kenny Pickett hater, but I'm also not the biggest believer in Kenny Pickett's abilities. And look, I'm not saying that because he has small hands. Anyone can have small hands. Shout out to our small hands people. Regardless, his 5.8 inch hands won't affect how much pressure he's going to be taking from Nick Bosa this entire game. That's just what's going to happen. You look at their wide receiver weapons. Look, do I think George Pickens is a practice highlight machine? Yes. Dude does not consistently beat one-on-one coverage as much as he should for the amount of hype he gets. That's just the biggest problem I have with him. He doesn't get the biggest separation that I would like to see from a quote-unquote number one wide receiver. They still do have Deontay Johnson, who is the surest hands in the league or one of the surest hands in the league. The man reels in about everything when you get him the ball. The only problem is how often are you going to get him the ball? You look at the Pittsburgh backfield, you have the leading rushing yard attempts are leading rushing attempts back and Najee Harris and in committee with TJ Warren, who kind of gives him a little break on third downs. So you have the weapons on offense. The only problem is, are you going to be able to stop this 49ers offense with your defense? And I don't think so. You are at home. You do tend to win your week one games most of the time. Unfortunately, this is not an event in which I see that becoming true. I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. Yeah, I'm going to also take the 49ers. Just some key things I want to point out. One, Penny Pickett looks a lot like Morgan Wallen, and I don't know why this hasn't been picked up on. I don't know why there's no memes on this, but he looks extremely similar to Morgan Wallen. The other thing, George Pickens, man. I'm not a George Pickens guy. He's on my team. He's on my fantasy team. He's on my bench. But he's the king of one play that's awesome, and then he gets shut down the rest of the game. To be, a like you said, a, a number one receiver is volume. Can you get – eight to 10 catches for 150 yards a game. George Pickens can't. He, he never even did that at Georgia. Um, he's just not a, he's a, he's a number two kind of guy. He's a, all right, you know, we needed something to happen, make it happen. But you know, this, this menace and this, uh this big dick energy he portrays. I'm not a big fan of it because it's, he's not consistent. There's not enough volume for me to respect it. The other thing too is, dude, the 49ers, you can beat them anywhere they want. They want to run the ball all day. They'll run the ball today. If they want to throw it all day, they'll throw it all day. They have so many fucking weapons and such a unique mindset in Kyle Shanahan. This team is loaded. This team is loaded. Um, I think that I don't I, minus two and a half is shocking to me. I think they're going to go out there and uh, and put the work on the Steelers. I agree. And with that, that wraps up our one p.m. slate of games. Oh, one more, one more one p.m. game. What? Which we got the we- Arizona Cardinals going to play the Washington Redskins. Yes, I'm going to call it the Redskins. At 1 o'clock on Fox, Washington coming in at a minus 7. This is our last 1 o'clock game. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't really have a lot to say because I don't really know too much. I'm a big Ron Rivera fan. Sam Howell doesn't sell me. I think UNC quarterbacks have the same disease as Ohio State. They don't do anything. Honestly, I didn't think Sam Howell even did that much in college. Um, You know, you got Scary Terry out there, Brian Robinson. Cardinals announced they're starting Joshua Dobbs, I believe. Is that is that correct? Is that is my statement correct on that? For the Cardinals? Yeah. 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 What this is such bad journalism. I mean, but what what happened to Kyler? 
Tyler. Tyler. Tyler Murray. Oh, I think he's just like sitting out. He's like, fuck this shit. I don't want to do it. Anyways, yeah. And and by the way, I wish we had this podcast three years ago, but I've been the biggest Kyler Murray hater since he was in college. I never, ever thought he was that good. I've never, I still don't think he's that good. Do I think he's an exceptional talent in football? Yes, he made it to the NFL. He won a Heisman. Do I think he was this this guy can be the best quarterback ever? No, and there's people that thought he was so great. I think there's way better quarterbacks in his draft class. Um, I'm gonna be honest, dude. I think the Commanders, or excuse me, ooh, the Redskins are gonna win this game. I, I don't really have too much more to say on it. You got Cardinals coaches in there for the first time, and everything I see on this guy on social media is bad. It's bad. He, it's kind of like. It, 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 it's kind of like he's trying to be like a, like the stepdad, like the cool stepdad. You know, it comes in like, oh, like, ah, oh, we're, we're buddies. And the guy's like, fuck you. Like, they're just like, no one here likes you. That's like the vibes I'm getting. And like, I don't know, maybe it's just the media's way of portraying it. But he doesn't seem to be like a leader of men. Um, And, and I just think this team is in shambles. Now you lose D-Hop, who was one of the greatest wide receivers ever, in my opinion. Um, Tyler's a little bitch. You're rocking with a guy that hasn't even started an NFL game in forever. I, I just think the Redskins go on and win this game. And, yes, it's not racist to call them the Redskins because they literally want to change their name back. And the Native American Society of America has voted to state that they also would like the name back. So calling it racist is inaccurate when the race itself wants it. That is not racism. Some white Karen being upset about it, that is not racism. But, anyways, back to the game. I think I think the Redskins take this game, and like I said, I'm a big Ron Rivera fan as well. It has nothing to do with this. I just like Ron Rivera. I think he's a good leader of men. Yeah, um, you know, I kind of wish this was a Thursday night game because you typically think of Thursday night football and you think of just absolute dog shit. Um, I think this is the epitome of dog shit. Game tonight still on Prime? Oh, it's not, they're not on Prime anymore. Yeah, they are. This is NBC. I think NBC is like partnered with Prime. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Or maybe I could just be smoking on that penis pack. But regardless, um, you know, look, both these teams just spelled disaster. Look, I got no problems with Ron Rivera. I don't even know the Arizona head coach. Uh, by the way, that video they posted of him being like, how many of you guys took a bus here? Yeah, they're hey. still on. There's... Yeah, it's still on, it's still on prime. Yeah. But um, when you walk into your team meeting and you ask your guys to raise your hand and say, hey, how many of you guys took a bus here? Um. Reality check, buddy. These are all professional athletes. They make millions of fucking dollars to sit where they're sitting. They're not taking the bus to get to training camp. Now, I get it if this was like an like a mini camp or like off-season OTA, stuff like that, where you have guys that aren't technically signed to the squad just trying to make it work. I can understand that. But when you are talking to your legitimate starters of your team, asking them if they took a bus to work, that's just a lack of knowing where you are. Like, this isn't college. These guys aren't on scholarship living out of their cars. This isn't how that works. Also, saying you want a team full of killers and the most monotone voice I've ever heard doesn't necessarily spark um, murderous intentions. Like, when that when the linebacker from Alabama said with the straightest face, it's going to be joyless murder ball, that that was spine yeah, Or if it's like Dan Campbell comes down, he's like, we're going to fucking rip heads off. You're like, yeah. But then this lanky ass white guy comes in and he's just like, Hey guys, let's kill people. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, God, yeah. Man. You know, last year, last year, if you were to ask me, if you were to pit all 32 head coaches against one another and a fought to the death, I would have said Mike McDaniels probably was going to die first. I think Mike McDaniels could put his sack on his coach's forehead. 
Mike McDaniels would beat the shit out of whoever <laughs> that face is. I'm taking I'm taking Mike Daniels 10 out of 10 times. And not because he's half black. 50-45 UD, baby. Yeah, 50-45, just whoop his ass. This guy's a puss. I don't have no respect for him. Nada. You couldn't even you couldn't even like bribe Kyler Murray to come back and play for you. And Kyler just cares about Call of Duty. You could have offered him like a double XP token or something. And Dude, my favorite is like when he first gets to the facility and he's like talking to Kyler. It's like, hey man, I'm excited to work with you. Like we're gonna do big things. And Kyler's like, fuck up. Yeah, he's like, I'm fucked. <laughs> like, I am fucked. Please. Please. Yeah, like Zach said, that is actually our last one o'clock game coming in, uh, starting us off at our 425 slate. This, to me, is a very, very interesting game. We have the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Denver to play the Broncos. Broncos coming in at a minus three and a half. This is, uh, what's his name, Sean Payton's debut for the Broncos. You know, a lot of people have been, at least on my social media feed, have been hating on Sean Payton and his, like, I guess you can call it attitude that he's bringing to this team. I call it a winning fucking mindset, yeah. you know, where he's like being a hard ass on Russell. He's being a hard ass on, you're not a minute late to practice like all these other things. People are like, what is he doing? Blah, blah, blah. This man won a fucking Super Bowl for a reason. This man was had one of the best teams in the NFL for a long time for a reason. You don't bring in, you don't have the success you had and the shit you had and then bring in a soft coach. Nah, when you have discipline issues and you have issues that suck, you bring in a fucking someone to lay the hammer down, and that's what Sean Payton's doing. Do I think he can fix Russ? I don't know because it'd be a little bit different if Russ was like a year two or three guy where like he still has room to adjust. Russ is enough of a vet where it's kind of like it's a little hard to completely change his style and change what he does. You know what I mean? And for the Raiders, I think getting rid of Derek Carr for Jimmy Garoppolo is the stupidest shit in the world. You just got rid of one guy to get the exact same guy. Like, that's how I look at that. You get you got the same fucking guy. Um, especially with Derek Carsman. Nothing but loyal to that program, dude. Like, I, I don't know. Obviously, we're Team Gruden all day, too. So, fuck the Raiders. Fuck the NFL. Fuck Adele. Um, But I think Josh Jacobs is going to eat, especially after they just gave him his contract. And he carried, carried me in fantasy last year. Going to be an interesting game. I'm not going to pick a winner in this one either. I don't really care, nor do I know. I do think it'll be fun to watch, though, as it's kind of like two rebuilds happening at the same time, but they're kind of like trying to speed it up, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Look, I completely agree with your Sean Payton take. When you have a guy that retires from coaching because he's content with his success, then go into the booth and watch a team filled with superstars severely underperform and piss him off enough to be like you – like. I will accept whatever contract you give me so I could just beat the shit out of these guys and show you what real coaching looks like. That is some big dick energy. That is like what Sean Payton is. And that's what Sean Payton's going to do. I think Sean Payton's going to come in to this Broncos organization and prove why he he's the head coach that he was for the New Orleans Saints. You know, I think Russell Wilson is extremely talented. Do I think he got off on the wrong foot with the Broncos last year? Yes. Do I think the play calling for the Broncos also sucked last year? Yes, I just think there wasn't a head locker room presence or a head coach strong enough to really re like reinstate the order or the respect or the trust to have these players believe in one another. It just felt like once they lost early in the season, no one wanted to like block for anyone. No one wanted to run the plays. No one wanted to show out for games. It just it just spelled disaster. Now with Sean Payton there, not accepting any bullshit, not cutting any corners, and 
pretty much taking these guys to the gulag for three, four months. This man literally went on an interview. He's like, you can hand me a group of eight-year-old boys and I will end this spring. He's like, I'll end this OTAs with a 53 grown men. That, that is my philosophy. He's like, I will beat it out of them. We, we're getting to a lot of domestic violence on this pod, but he, he is, we talked about the weak stepdad that no one respects. This is the stepdad that came into your house and you are shitting. This is, this guy is like the military stepdad who was like an army general. He has results. And that's the thing I think people need to understand too. It's not like he came in here and he just started like trying to put his foot down. Like, I, I love Shiano to death. I'm a huge Shiano Dick Ryder, and I will fucking fight for that man my whole life. But the reason he was so unsuccessful with the Bucks, I mean, obviously they were dog shit when he got there. But he tried to put his foot down on them, and he never had anything to back it up. Like, he never had prior NFL success to be like, we're going to do it this way because it works. Sean Payton's like, we're going to do it this way because I fucking won a lot. And if you want to win, this is how we have to do it. And if you have a problem with that, I'm more than happy to go sit on the millions I already retired on. Yeah. So I completely agree. As for the Raiders side of things, you know, looking at them, I do think Jimmy Garoppolo isn't like the biggest step down from Derek Carr, but I do think Derek Carr is better. Look, Devontae Adams is already severely pissed off. He probably regrets every day of his life leaving Green Bay. Um, but he did he did want to go reunite with his old college quarterback, and I don't blame him. By the way, for those of you that did know this, um, Devontae Adams in high school played with Jock Peterson on the same football team. And Jock Peterson was the number one receiver. So that lets you know that baseball players are just innately better at everything. Um, so you're welcome. Oh, Zach. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, regardless, back back to the game. You know, look, is Josh McDaniels a good OC? Yeah. Is he a good head coach? I don't know. I'm not really seeing the results. I don't really – like, if you were to ask me who's going to win this game based off their coaching, Sean, or, um, Sean Payton or Josh McDaniels, I'm going to take Sean Payton, and that's just how I feel it is. Like you said, both teams are kind of – Sean Payton. I heard that song so many goddamn times. Fuck you, Cole Joffrey. Uh, No, more like fuck you, Gunther Moses, man. That kid played that song literally every single day for no reason, and the kid's a Dolphins fan. We got got five games left. Speed this up. Grayson's getting fucking hungry. Yeah. Our um, next 425 game, we have the Dolphins of Miami going to the Los Angeles Chargers – CBS uh, charges coming in at a minus three favorite Zach Dibison. Yep, hold on as I write down his time stamp fifty seven fifty Dolphins at the Chargers. Look, this was a oh, did they play last year? I believe so. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do the Jamie for you. Yeah, Jamie me, but I believe they played recently or at some point. Maybe I'm just thinking these teams are super relatable because of their high powered offenses, and that's exactly what we're getting out of both. Yeah, they teams. played last December. Chargers won twenty three to seventeen. Yeah, so they did play last year. Offenses weren't as prevalent as I thought it would be. But look, both these teams are led by their offenses and their capabilities. You look at the Miami Dolphins to attack of Iloa, improved over the offseason by learning how to fall. Shout out judo. Martial arts is a way of life. Learning how to fall is important. Disperse the energy. It's why you slap the ground, buddy. Number two, offensive weapons don't need to be shoved down our throat anymore we know they have Tyreek Hill we know they have Jalen Waddle I forget who the running back is oh excuse me Raheem Mostert he's solid enough in itself I am kind of upset they cut Elijah Higgins which they would have given him a chance but he is getting his opportunity for the Arizona Cardinals so shout him out real quick as for the Chargers side of things you know this is my last chance for Justin Herbert in my opinion not as a start not as a starting quarterback just whether or not I think he's truly 
elite, you know, last year in a playoff game when you were up, what, 20-something to nothing? 24-0, I think. 24-0, and you lost the game. I don't care how bad your defense sucked. You weren't able to score points in the second half. An elite quarterback doesn't get shut out in a half of football. That's not how that works. There is no – and here's the thing. Look, I'm a big of, I'm as big of a Justin Herbert fan as anyone else. Maybe not the biggest fanboy, but look, I've never seen so many people try to deflect the blame off of Justin Herbert in my entire life. Nothing can possibly be his fault. I didn't realize this man was Jesus. Like – when like he is not without sin, ladies and gentlemen, he makes his equal fair share of mistakes, just like everyone else. Now, given does Justin Staley and their defense tend to fuck things up from time to time? Absolutely. I do think there's an issue there. However, this is not the year for any more excuses. Herbert's in what season three, season four. Yeah. This is supposed to be three. Yeah. Three is when you're supposed to solidify yourself of what kind of quarterback you are. If you are truly elite, you are going to make it work. You have Mike Williams. You have Keenan Allen. Now, given both of those guys kind of on the downtrend, I don't really think they're like all that. So have Gar- Garrett, 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 Gerald, Gerald Everett, Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett, and you have Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. You have all the weapons you need from the offensive side of the ball. Nothing's changed. We know what you're getting out of you. Just reproduce the results we wanted last season. All we want your team to do overall is for your defense to not shit the bed. Justin Staley, dear God, please just coach in the fourth quarter. Something. Stop. Stop doing coaches' suggested plays. That's just what it seems like. It seems like some NCAA 14 shit. Madden, works. Madden. Ask Madden. Yeah, ask Madden. Guess what? This isn't uh this isn't like pro or like all-star level difficulty. This is a real life, not a simulation. Although we could be in a simulation. I don't know. Don't ask me. This is not our conspiracy podcast. We'll save that for later. Regardless, winner is a pickums. If you wanted to bet on something, I'd probably take the over. In my opinion, these guys hate playing defense. And Jalen Ramsey's out. 51. 51. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That's a pretty pretty high for week one. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't don't got too many things to say on this game. Um, Austin Eckler had a very slow start last year, then started picking up. I think his production will be the opposite this year. I think they're going to try to feed him too much. But um, he's my number one pick in the draft, so I hope they just fucking give him the ball every single play. I'm opposite of you, Zach. I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan, and I started off as a Justin Herbert hater when he was at Oregon. He grew on me a lot. For the Dolphins' sake, the Dolphins have everything they need to be a very legitimate playoff team. The problem is they fucking shit the bed all the time. I'm a big Mike McDaniels fan, and he's grown on me a lot as a personality and as a coach. The, the, the main thing to look at for me, Zach, and when it comes to this game is, is the O-line. We do all this talking about protecting Tua, this, 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 and that. Does it happen now? You know, there's no more talk now. It's time to happen. Um, I'm tired of the excuses. We'll see if it happens. I don't really have too much more to say on this game. I do think it'll be a very fun game to watch, though. I think it'll be a very fun game to watch. Um, let's, hope all, let's hope Austin Eckler has himself a day. The next game is probably going to hurt Zach more than anything else, but we have the Eagles of Philadelphia flying to New England to play the Patriots. This game also at 425 on CBS. The Eagles coming in at a minus four. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't see any way whatsoever the Patriots win this game. I don't see what they're going to do. I think, um, you know, it was cool they added Zeke. I don't think Zeke is, like, the answer for your solutions, in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying Belichick's a bad coach whatsoever. Uh, I just think that they're in a weird phase where it's like, 
you had the GOAT for so long, you're going to have some years where it's hard to rebuild. And I think the Eagles team are in the opposite. I think they're in fucking full-fledged drive mode. They're just getting better. Jalen Hurts is a dog. Their 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 defense is good. Their offense is good. Their play calling is good. Their their strategic play is good. I, I like the Eagles a lot, man. I'm a big Eagles fan. I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. Like I said, if we had the podcast three to four years ago, you would have heard me and Zach saying Jalen Hurts is going to be legitimate. I never thought they should have benched them at Alabama. Overall, I think the Eagles go in there and win this game. I do think the Patriots slow it down and make it a closer game than it should be and make it a little more boring. But I think the Eagles just have so many weapons and just – so many different ways to win it'll overwhelm the Patriots. Yeah. Um the way I kind of look at this game, uh, I'll talk about the Eagles first. Just for me personally, I think it's easier to talk about than how I'm going to face this with no bias. So I have to kind of think on my thoughts for the Patriots side of things. But as for the Eagles, you know, look, you're coming off of a Super Bowl run in which you lost, but it was very close. You you know you're right there. You know your talent level is there. You're just looking to make the right decisions. If you had the chance to do it all over again, look, biggest believer in Jalen Hurts. I don't need to reinstate that belief. I don't need to bolster him up any more than he already is. The man's shown, like his work has proven how good he is. I don't need to hype him up in any ways. You know, you look at the wide receiver room, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are quality targets. They did lose Miles Sanders to the Panthers, but they did bring in DeAndre Swift, who I do think is a great addition for them. I do think it'll take off pressure in the run game for Jalen Hurts. He won't have to use his legs as much, although the dude likes to run. He squats 600 pounds. He's a, he's a big bus. Yeah, he's a fucking bus. Um, you, you got everything on the defensive, defensive side of the ball. Brandon Graham is a huge guy on that D-line, you know, they have all the weapons they really need. Jason Kelsey on that O-line is also just quality character, just a real – This is his last year, too, if I'm not mistaken. I do believe it is his last year. So why not make a run for the Super Bowl? Why not? As for the Patriots side of things, look, I, I'm i not going to sit here and say, oh, if Bill Belichick doesn't perform, fire him. For how much he's accomplished for you, that man is going to retire on his own terms. I don't care if he coaches us to 0-16. He is staying here until he dies. I do not care. I do not care. We've had a blessing to have as much success as we had for the Patriots, given that we did have Tom Brady, and I will put a lot of the success on his shoulders. But you can't do it alone, and he did have the help of some great defenses, and the only reason they were great defenses were because guys like Bill Belichick were able to really lead a team and hit every single detail necessary. I do think Bill Belichick's going to have some great schemes drawn up, for this Patriots defense in order to kind of contain Jalen Hurts the best way possible. I just don't think it's going to be enough. Now, look, on the offensive side of the ball, for all the hate that Mac Jones gets, I have not fully given up on him yet. Mm-hmm. I don't under- don't understand why he gets as much hate as he does. He makes a ton of the right reads. The only problem is when your freaking offensive coordinator last year has been a D coordinator his whole life. Yeah, I know what. And your offensive coordinator is also two people, one in Joe Judge, who only worked with special teams his whole life, and one that and Matt Patricia, who literally only stares at a Denny's menu or coaches a defense. I don't understand how you thought that was ever gonna work. It was the most boring play calls I've ever seen in my life. It never made sense. That's not I, a Belichick thing, right? That's a GM thing. Belichick is the GM and the head coach. We don't have the Patriots are the only team. Without a GM. Damn, I didn't know that. that was yeah, it's, it's Robert Kraft, and then it's Bill Belichick. Damn. It is General General Palpatine, 
and Darth fucking Vader. Damn. That that that's what we're working with. And I, by the way, it's genius because guess what? Um, Bill Belichick obviously knows what he's doing. Dude's pretty smart, but you know, look, I'm really happy for the Patriots. They were able to bring in Bill O'Brien, who has previously been under Bill Belichick's coaching tree before. They brought him back. He's a great offensive mind. Didn't really work out as the coach for the Houston Texans. Just couldn't really get it done. But there's no doubt that this man knows how to scheme up plays and really put things together for offenses to succeed. With that being said, I do have my second thoughts about this Patriots offense in terms of offensive firepower. Look, I know you signed Ezekiel Elliott to kind of be the one-two punch to Ramondre Stevenson. I know Mac Jones is stepping into his third or fourth year to really establish himself as a solid quarterback this season. Only problem is he's throwing the ball to Kendrick Bourne. Keshawn Booty. Yeah, I can't even name your receivers. We signed two tight ends as if we thought they were Gronk and Aaron Hernandez in uh, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. Do, I, sure, I guess. Um, by the way, one of the biggest concerns I have for the Patriots, I think we have 11 or 12 guys who are, after this season, are entering their new contracts, which none of them have signed or even discussed. That's 13 young talent players who could easily resign, and we just haven't even talked about it. Which, well, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Because the thing with the Patriots is they don't give you a contract until after you've produced. It's a year to year thing. You do not see no 10 year contract for the Patriots. And honestly, I'm the biggest fan of that. Why would I give you a 10 year contract based off one to two years of body work? Yeah, look what happened. Look what they did to Dak and the Cowboys. Yeah, you could blow your knee out. Guess what? The average shelf life for a NFL player, three and a half years. And you want to give guys 10 years contracts? Do I, am I saying there's guys that don't deserve 10 year contracts? There are some. There are a few. Do I think do I think I would give them 10 year contracts? No. But the problem is the only way you're even going to be able to sign them is if you make it 10 years. That's just how it works. That's how good those guys are. They've earned that level of respect. And the Patriots just don't pursue those type of players. And it is what it is. You can't really beat them. So let's speed run these last three games. Uh, Packers, Bears, 425 on Fox. Chicago coming in at a minus one. My quick speed run. Jordan Love sucks. He's not going to do anything. I think he was the worst draft pick I've ever seen. First round when you already had Aaron Rodgers. Terrible draft pick. He has no weapons to, to play with. That whole team's kind of like low-key like the Patriots. They're kind of sh- in shambles after losing Aaron Rodgers. The Bears, they get Elijah, they get DJ Moore. Great ad for Justin Fields, in my opinion. I think this is going to be a year where we're going to see two things happen. Justin Fields is going to, one, go to the normal Ohio State route, or two, we're going to see Justin Fields get more comfortable. They start opening up their play call a little bit because last year their play call was boring as shit, and I think they're going to get a little more confidence in him. I think the way you get him going is you get that confidence built and you let him, you let him uh, move the rock a little. I think Bears actually beat the Packers, which is weird to say for once. Um, that's all. That's it. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Yeah, um, I think the Packers will really benefit from the week one. A lot of your team relies on speed, and nothing helps speed more than having fresh legs. Having an addition like DJ Moore really helps spread the field out. Justin Fields is going to take a step up in his playing level, so I do have high hopes for him in that regard. Um, When I look at this Packers team, look, their defense has always been good. You got guys like G.R. Alexander and Jonah Gray on the defense. Look, their defense is always going to be good. The only question is, do you have a quarterback to really lead this offense to be the caliber team that you expect to be? And in my opinion, I don't really think so. 
kind of slapped Aaron Rodgers in the face by finally taking a wide receiver draft in the first round this year. Um, don't know why you didn't do that in years past. Guess you finally realized that you couldn't have one guy carry the load. But, you know, when your wide receiver one is Christian Watson, who's in his year two, I don't really have strong belief in that kind of offense. So with that being said, I think I'm going to take the Bears um, are going to get it done. I think their playbook, since it's more fresh, they're going to be able to break out some more um, kind of big plays. They're going to get that big play potential to kind of put this one away. But it is going to be a very close game. I just think the Packers are going to edge it out. Uh, our second to last game of the Los Angeles Rams going to the Seattle Seahawks. This game is at 425 on Fox. Seattle's coming in at 5.5. Zach, you start us off on this one. Yeah, so Seahawks at the Rams. Look, the Rams have a lot of question marks after last season. You don't really know what Aaron Donald's going to do. He's kind of been teetering back and forth between retiring and not, but they were able to get him back. Um, as for the rest of their defense, they have one of one of the worst secondaries in all of football. It, they just kind of get it aired out over the top, and that's what the Seahawks love to do more than anything else. With guys like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and I believe there's another guy that – oh, they're rookie, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know – Nothing but wide receiver talent on that side of the thing. And you have Geno Smith, who has finally stepped into his own as a quality quarterback in this league. You know he's going to air it out. You know he's going to take shots over the top. I just think Seahawks have more firepower to get this thing done. Also, a big question mark for the Rams. Look, I have no doubt about Sean McVay and the quality of coach that he is. My biggest issue is Matthew Stafford, the kind of guy he was years ago. I just think he's kind of deteriorated over the years. Do they? How early in the season? Because I know this is going to happen. Stetson Bennett is going to be the starting quarterback for the Rams. He is. Whether we want to admit it or not, I could probably see it by like week six, week seven. He will be the starting quarterback for the Rams. Because Sean McVay is more of a guy where he's like, hey, we're not winning things. We need to change things up. What better way to do it than to put a fresh guy in there? And he's. it's not like he's, it's not like he's young. It's not like he's going to make the rookie mistakes. The dude, the dude has been performing in camp too. He's really impressed a lot of people. It's the reason he is quarterback number two. I just think Stafford, at some point or another, he's going to deal with some kind of teetering in- injury, and Stetson Bennett's going to get the call. And I, I'm interested to see how he's going to perform. Yeah, uh, the only thing you got to state is one: Cooper Cup's not playing, so you already know that's going to also fuck up the offense with Matthew Stafford. I do agree. I, I hate this where it's like well, Stafford's not that good. No, Stafford's just old, dude. He's always been good. I think he's an unbelievably elite quarterback. Um, but Sean McVay can make it happen even if Stetson Bennett is the quarterback. He's just a fucking mastermind. I'm a big fan of the Seahawks. I'm a big fan of Geno Smith. I'm a big fan of Tyler Lockett. Got him on the fantasy team. I also love how Pete Carroll is 72 years old. And he's out there running routes at practice. You got to love that energy. You got to love that enthusiasm and love for the game. It's hard to see that passion, especially in the NFL. That's all I've got to say for that game. Let's get this over with because I am fucking starving. Dallas Cowboys, our last game, Sunday Night Football. 820 NBC, Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. Dallas is actually the favorite of minus three and a half. All I got to say is uh, the New York Giants, I think, are doing a good job. I think Brian Dabble did a really good job of not making the offense around Daniel Jones, making a solid offense and putting Daniel Jones in it, if that makes sense anyway at all. Um, he's done a really good job at using that quarterback. Saquon Barkley stays healthy. He's one of the best running backs in the league. Not sold on Dak, not sold on the Cowboys. I don't really see how they're the favorite, especially with it being in New York. I just think that Dabble uh, is going to get it done. I'm, I think the Cowboys need to start looking at maybe taking a year or two off and starting to rebuild. But they always they, – they, like, refuse to rebuild, and it never works out in their favor, in my opinion. Yeah, so when I look at this game, look, 
Let's start off with the Cowboys. Is their defense extremely talented year in and year out? Yes. They got rid of Ezekiel Elliott um, on the offensive side of the ball. So Tony Pollard's really taken over this RB1 role, which I do think is going to help them in terms of offensive production, especially as a receiving threat out of the backfield. But the big question mark is, is Dak really going to prove he's that guy? You know, for a guy that they paid a whole lot of money to, or I don't know, I believe they signed a whole lot of money to, you know, is he really your Super Bowl contending quarterback? Is this the guy that's going to lead you to the promised land in Jerry's world? I don't know, to be honest. But it's not as if the weapons on offense or defense are a question anymore. It's just whether or not you're able to put it together for a season. Now, I do understand injuries kind of plague this team, and it is their kind of curse. But that can't be an excuse year in and year out. You've got to be able to put it together at some point, whether it be hiring a new strength and conditioning coach or a quality control coach, be that as it may. You got to figure out something to kind of get this team on the same page to make a run at the Super Bowl. As for the Giants side of things, look, I'm a really big on the Giants as of recently. I've been really big on Danny Dimes, even when he came out of college. Look, call me a bitch if you want. Look at you can go back and look through our videos. Danny Dimes can be him. He can be him. Vanilla Vic, he's they paid him 40 mil for a year for a reason. You think Dabo's stupid? You think Dabble, you think they're stupid up there? No, they know what they got in the guy. They just need to put the weapons around him. Last year, arguably one of the worst wide receiver rooms in all of football. Yeah, Paris Campbell, Kenny Galladay, who they signed for a buttload of money, who got what, three catches? I think he had like a million dollars a catch is what they worked out the math to be, which is a complete. Um, you lose Kadarius Tony, you lose all these weapons. And then what do you do? You come back in the offseason, your defense is bolstered up. Guys like Dane Belton stepping in a year two, you sign some more defensive talent to really bolster up the defense. On the offensive side of things, you bring in Darren Waller, who's going to be amazing out of the tight end spot. Kind of reminds me of like Akeem Nix from years past with Eli Manning. Um, you, you're able to bring back Saquon, which really helps you out to kind of alleviate some of the pressure from Daniel Jones. You look at the wide receiver room. Yeah, not, not the best in the world i'm trying to think some of their wide receiver weapons which i can't think of off the top of my head oh jalen hyatt you saw you drafted him which i think is a great draft choice i think his speed is undeniable i'm gonna look at the giants wide receiver depth chart right now because i know we're gonna end on this one so i might as well be right um isaiah hodgins wandale robinson or sorry those aren't the start those on the top three isaiah hodgins darius slayton paris campbell and then you also have Sterling Shepard, Jalen Hyatt, and Wandell Robinson. Not terrible. Not completely terrible. As to your offensive line, you did make steps in the right direction. Uh, look, Andrew Thomas was kind of bad when he first came in, but kind of settled into his own. Evan Neal, the right tackle out of Georgia, also – I believe he's out of Georgia. Alabama. Alabama, sorry. Andrew Thomas was from Georgia. Excuse me. Both quality right and left tackles should get the job done. Look at this, the – Defensive side of the ball, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau, Bobby O'Karakee, Micah McFadden, um, Trey Hawkins, Xavier McKinney. Um, Dane Bellin. Dane Bellin, but he's not the starting safety that's listed. Um, I think Jake starting. should be, but Jason Pennick is listed as the starting safety. Um, you also have um, some backup players, you know, Nick McLeod. I'm trying to look at some of their – cornerbacks i mean trey hawkins and deon tanks are bad you do have a dory jackson um but he's kind of on the downtrend regardless you have you have a quality roster you can put it together from what i've seen and this division 
is it really up for grabs? Because I still think the Eagles are going to dominate. But, you know, you take a you split with the Cowboys. Even if you split with the Cowboys and sweep the Commanders, you're a playoff team. You're right. You're right in the driver's seat of where you want to be, and then you just got to perform in the playoffs. That's all it takes. Easier said than done, I know. But trust me, this team can surprise a lot of people this year. I think they made all the right moves in the offseason. They literally took over the Bills front office, which built up the Buffalo Bills into what they are now with Josh Allen and how and how good they are. I think they can do the same thing in New York. I truly believe that. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Giants in this one, especially at home. There you go. That wraps it up for our pod NFL week one. It was a long one. Sorry, I'm dying right now from camp. Um, we'll skip the draft, add it to the next pod. Zach Watts, any final words? Yeah, kind of sad we didn't do the draft, but it is what it is. Um, we've really we've really stepped down in our old age. This pod was only an hour and 20 minutes, and it felt like it was two hours. Yeah, I felt like it was a year. It's because we talked, it's because we talked very little about a lot of different things. I feel like if we would have talked about less things and stayed more on top of your time, yeah, yeah. It would have it would have felt like uh, check it out tonight. Zach's gonna be ripping the TikTok for the Thursday night football game, but you will already know what happens because it'll be posted tomorrow. Thank you.